ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Eileen is the author of Embrace Five Principles of Core Thinking for Success. And this book uh, is about how to think and how that determines what happens in your life and how changing your thinking, walking the walk and taking the next steps is really the element uh, and the recipe, in fact, for success. Eileen, welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So Eileen, uh, this is your first uh, official book. Uh, we were just talking before we got on the show about your plans to do some other things. Why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory before we dive into the book? Yes, and I, I'm going to start by saying, because I thought about uh, my backstory, and I realized after this ebook came to fruition that it was actually a culmination of my backstory, and it kind of... Um, uh, came to 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 that head of all the the things that I've been through in life on a personal level, all the transformations that created the uh, path that I've taken on my professional level, and it kind of all merged into this five principles of core thinking and the core thinking uh, blueprint method. So the back the the Reader's Digest backstory is um, I went through some trauma with a, a health condition, fibromyalgia, everybody's, a lot of people are familiar with that, that uh, condition. I don't call right. it a disease, but condition. And um, I ultimately self-healed from it. And during that self-healing, I uh, got into affirmations. And what I realized shortly into my healing protocol, uh, I had shifted my neural pathways because I stopped identifying with the condition and I started focusing on who I wanted to be, the, the state of being that I wanted to be in, which was healthy, happy, joyful, all the things that I wasn't while I was going through the fibromyalgia. And I literally had a, I'm gonna say spiritual, physical, all encompassing experience that um, shifted my perspective and I guess awakened me to understanding or going down the path of understanding the, the significance and the importance of our thinking. And so uh, when I realized my paradigm had shifted and that physically improved to my health and mentally and emotionally improved to my state of being, um, I, uh, I was led to get my master's in transpersonal psychology and then that led me into um, the coaching world. And then that has led to where I am today as a thought leader, as a um, executive producer, and uh, as a breakthrough spark coach. Well, that is really amazing. Uh, and, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know you on a personal level because uh, to me, that's really what this show is all about you know, the game changers that we have on and that we showcase are definitely thought leaders. They are nearly all authors and, and they've been through a journey that has caused 
the book to come into being, right? Uh, for a lot of different reasons. People, people write books uh, sometimes just as the ca catharsis, right? Of working through something, right? Uh, I, I remember a, a dear friend uh, who I got to know on Facebook. In fact, I interviewed her from her first book uh, on my show almost a decade ago. And her mother uh, got Alzheimer's. And so she kind of walked everybody through that, that journey of being an, uh, the child of an Alzheimer's patient and what that meant to her. And, and she ended up taking kind of the, the synopsis of all of those Facebook posts and turning it into a book. And, you know, she posted, uh, you know, very, very regularly about that and, and very transparently, right? And, and that is so important in that kind of a book. Now, I wrote my book, The Game Changer, because I wanted to establish that thought leadership of being a game changer. I wanted it to reinforce that I had this radio show, which originally had a different name. Um, and I wanted to use it to raise money, to be frank, right? So I wrote the book for, for investors and so that I could walk in with that as my calling card. So book as a calling card is another thing. Um, but the other thing is where it's a passion project, right? And I think that that's really what this is. And knowing you as I do, I know that passion drives pretty much everything that you do. <laughs> yes. so, so talk to us about, um, you know, why this book? Why now? Let's weave in a little bit of that conversation we had before uh, we started the recording of the show about how you're using media, because media is a big part of who you are, right? And and a book and an ebook in particular is just one component of a media strategy that helps you uh, communicate that passion out to your audience. Absolutely. So this ebook is kind of a combination of information, but also gives people practical application of how to take that information and apply it to life. You know, we, we often will take classes, we'll go to workshops, we'll, we'll hear speakers, we take notes, and then what happens? You know, where do, where do we take all that information or how do we apply it? And a lot of times we, we don't get directives or we don't get any guidance in what to do with all that information we've taken in. So as this book was in development, I wanted to be able for the readers to not only be educated and get information, but to feel like they could take the uh, five principles, apply them to life and experience the changes, the transformation, the things that I also have experienced in my life and continue and that my clients experience because I use these tools basically is what they are. Uh, to really, you know, have a more joyful, fulfilling, empowering life in all areas, personal and business. Got it. So, so this book is all about uh, core thinking for success, right? So I think it might be useful to start off by defining what is core thinking? I mean, how, how does it differ just from the things that float in and out of this mass of, of, of cells that we call our brain? Right. So for me, core thinking is not being in the head because our core is not in the, 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 the mind brain. The core is in that heart and what I call the solar plexus brain, that sense of I, that sense of who I am, that sense of authenticity. 
And what I've learned over the many years, which might be my next book, because it keeps coming up, <laughs> um, that most adults are not walking in authenticity. So then all the things that are in this book are not being expressed uh, fully or to the extent that's, that's beneficial for uh, the individual to be able to be authentic in the choices they make, in the decisions they make, in their confidence, in the boundaries, and, and to not have fear in whatever is going on in their life. So um, core thinking is the basis of a foundation that is solid in um, a sense of self and the decisions that we make are, um, you know, we're okay with that. We're okay with decisions, even if the decision takes us in a direction that we didn't expect, which, and, and the things that I do for clients and myself, it helps me to identify what not to do next time, right? So, so we have to learn from our mistakes. However, the goal is to have few, if no mistakes or challenges that become so chaotic that you know we, we get that monkey mind and then we're always stressed, we're always worried, we're always questioning our choices. So the core thinking in these principles um, kind of pushes all of that away and aside and you become very grounded, very assured, very uh, empowered in who you are and those next steps you take in life, which pretty much is every step every day, <laughs> right? Right, right. So let's talk a little bit um, or go a little bit deeper okay. on uh, the principles because that we're, that's what we're going to be talking about. And I'm, I'm going to just touch on them uh, as a group. So building self-confidence, transforming fear into action, coming to clarity, setting clear boundaries, uh, watch, wait, and then take action and then repeat Right. And then we're going to come back at the end and talk about affirmations. So I, I know you talk about um, the, the core thinking, and I think most of us struggle so much with an overactive mind. You know, you, you lay down at night and you're exhausted. You know that you should just fall right off to sleep. And then an hour later, you know, the brain is still churning. So what are some of the things that you can do to calm that part of the mind that really wars with the other things that you talked about, right? Yes. I mean, it's a constant battle. And I mean, some people talk about it as, you know, you got this, this bad, uh, you know, self sitting on one shoulder telling you to do all the things that, you know, aren't right. And you got the good ones reminding you of the things that are good, but this is, you know, what's, what's happening in the gray matter, right? How do we calm yes. that down? A great question. And I call it the monkey mind or the busy mind. And in the book, I do give a specific exercise. Uh, but before I touch on that, I think it's, it's very important for people to do breath work. And so I'm going to take you through real quickly, a quick three breath exercise that helps to settle the body. And then when you go into the mind exercise that I talk about in the book, you can be more receptive for the mind to let go. Because really that, that's what it's about. It's about letting go, surrendering and, and getting rid of the fears and the uncertainty and the what ifs and the could haves and the should haves and 
all the things that collect in that mind that makes it, you know, really, really uh, tight and heavy, right? So we want to feel light and we want to have breathing room for thoughts to process and be able to, to um, uh, be a positive impact on our, on our life in whatever capacity it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So um, it's three breaths. And what I want you to do is if you want to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. But I want you to take the breath from the diaphragm and breathe in. And when you breathe out, I'm going to count to five and let the breath go out during that five count. Okay, so I want you to um, make note of how you feel right now. And then when we're done with the three breaths, we're going to reassess and see how you feel. Okay. So take a breath in and breathe out through the mouth slowly. One, two, three, four, five. And we're gonna hold for three seconds. Two, one, take a breath in again and breathe out through the mouth slowly. One, two, three, four, five. And you can feel your shoulders relaxing and your body sinking into wherever you're sitting and your head's feeling lighter and take a breath in and breathe out two, three, four, and five. And just hold that and just feel your body light as a feather and just totally relax and open your eyes. Now that was a really dangerous exercise for somebody who was open or up until 1.30 launching a new website last night. But uh, I, I do appreciate the, the whole uh, notion of mindfulness. And I, I used to think that those kinds of mindfulness exercises um, were you know, a bit too woo-woo. You know, a lot of people think of it that way. Uh, but actually one of my clients uh, is launching the American Mindfulness Association. Oh, I love and that. So I've really gotten to know the importance of the, of the breath and actually listening to the breath and listening to what's going on around you. So I really love um, the practicality of that in quieting that mind loop, right? Yes. So- once you've done that, right, and, and again, I wish we could just say, shh, shh, <laughs> right, but, but that's really what that's all about. That's the shushing exercise. Right. right? Well, when you, when you get to the point that these principles are all in place and working as a regular daily practice that becomes a way of being, mm-hmm. you can say, shh, and it will happen. But as long right. as you have the busy mind and all these things are not in play, it, it's, it's going to look at you and laugh, right? When you try exactly. to say, <laughs> so, you know, the first thing that, that you lay out as an important principle is, is building self-confidence. And, you know, I, I sometimes struggle with this, not, not the confidence piece, but understanding people who don't begin from a base of self-confidence because I was raised, uh, my parents just believed that we could be or do anything. And so I've never struggled with self-confidence. In fact, the struggle I have is having people understand that my built-in self-confidence comes from God right? and, and his gifts to me. And my parents reinforce that. And sometimes it can come off 
as mm-hmm. arrogance, right? right? Exactly. So yes. there are two different kinds of people reading your book, right? The people who struggle with finding that place of self-confidence and those like me who that just isn't an issue, but helping people to understand my heart is the thing, right? Because my heart is not arrogant at all, but my self-confidence can come off that way. So so talk to us about building self-confidence. Okay. And and I'll touch on um, for people like you who have that self-confidence and get misunderstood and struggle with how to um, uh, impart to people that it's coming from the heart, right? So Again, it goes back, low self-confidence goes back to that childhood development stage where we, um, majority of of humans are not given the space to fully develop into who they are. So um, we end up spending our whole adult lives trying to become or remember or step fully into that authentic me. And it's hard to do that if you don't even know who that authentic me is. So self-confidence plays into that where um, uh, you're afraid to express yourself as you know who you are. And it comes across as low confidence because you're afraid to speak up. You're afraid to set those boundaries. You're afraid to, you know, there's fear after fear after fear. And a lot of it is, it comes about as what is somebody going to think about me? Well, what if I say this? Then how is that person going to respond? What if I do this? And change is constant, but we're so afraid of change because it's an unfamiliar, you know, it's unfamiliar whatever is on the other side of change. But the cool thing is, is that when you have that, that assured self-confidence, then it, the opposite happens and people start to respect you because they see it's authentic and it's not manipulated. It's not um, twisted and turned, you know, it, it's not controlled. It's you're being your authentic self in your interaction with others. And I like to say life is nothing more than a series of conversations, right? Because nothing happens until we start talking or thinking. And when that happens, then you start an interaction. Well, if, if you have self-confidence and you're not going to question what someone brings to you and you, you can develop strong tools to be able to redirect or direct the conversation in a way that it's a win-win. So the goal in every experience is for both people or both groups or you know wh- whoever or how many are involved can walk away feeling valued, heard, understood, empowered, and it's a win-win. And that's that's where my focus is with everything that I do. Got it. So so once you have built that self-confidence, uh, you also have to acknowledge that all of us, even those who are incredibly self-confident, we do have fears, right? Yes. And the the real key here is transforming that fear actually in to action. And again, um, if, if fear isn't actually a part of your vocabulary, because I, I don't think about that. I mean, I am afraid of snakes. I've got a healthy fear of snakes, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I don't I agree like, with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, um, 
you know, roaches. Uh, I, but I'm not afraid of spiders, right? For some reason. And my daughter is incredibly afraid of spiders. Now, what I am afraid of is uh, in my world, because I'm an entrepreneur and I have been working so long and so hard on building my tech company. And, you know, we've just run into obstacle after obstacle. And, you know, there is a tiny bit of that monkey brain that says, ah, you're never going to get funded. You're never going to have clients here. You know, uh, 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 uh. you know, that's the voice that I do here. Now I'm, I'm confident and I can, you know, like put up your Duke's blood, you know? <laughs> so I don't think about fear as, as a word. So maybe I'm not the target for this chapter, right. <laughs> or this principle, but how do you counsel people who are paralyzed by fear? to get out of that place of paralysis into actually taking positive action of whatever they're afraid of? Right, great question, um, because fear is false evidence appearing real. So the first thing that we work on is understanding what the false beliefs are that causes them to be fearful. And to uh, think about the question of, if fear wasn't part of the equation, what would it feel like? What would it look like? And what would your life be like without that fear? And, you know, I, there's a quote in, in there that um, behind the mask of fear is something great to be expressed. I don't think that's the exact way I say it, but basically if you take that mask of fear off, there's actually a lot of beauty and magic and, and the extraordinary that happens. And so um, the, the fear of letting go of fear gets in people's way. And so I work with, helping people to understand whether it's business or personal, that the fear is what's getting in your way. And it's okay to be fearful, but you're never going to be able to take that next step as long as you're holding yourself back and sabotaging through the element of fear. So the, in the book, that principal chapter goes into more detail, gives more practical application, but, um, uh, you know, Fear is, is just, it's, it's, it's a, like a, uh, an idea. It doesn't really exist except in our mind and in the sweaty palms and the fast heartbeat. But a state of peace and calm is a state and a way of being. You can be in fear, but it's not, it doesn't allow for the receptivity of um, positive things to happen in your life. Whereas when you're in a state of calm and peace, there, there's no resistance, there's no walls, there's no blockage. Right. You know, there's, there's, there's infinite opportunity because without fear, you have confidence. So with the confidence, you have a surety. With the surety, you're gonna have those boundaries and you teach others, you teach people how to treat you. So, you know, they all kind of, um, work with each other. And, and right. the order in which I, I talk about these principles is the order in which you build on your foundation so right. that your experiences kind of just flow. You know, it, it goes with the flow of the energy of the universe. And um, I wanted to also throw into this concept that as you practice these principles, you will also be working with the principles of the universe that cannot be changed. Right, 
Right. And of course, you know, because we've spent time together that, that my, my universe has a name, right. And, and I'm, I'm a, a, a very strong uh, Christian believer and, and my faith is core to who I am. And I realize that it's actually my faith that allows me not to struggle with some of these things. Right. Yes. And the, the building self-confidence is that I know exactly who God created me to be. I know what he packed in my bag and that I, I have everything I need to be successful. Right. Yes. Maybe I haven't opened the bag, right. I haven't right. covered, or maybe I only opened it and saw what was on top. Right. And I haven't dug down deep, but the second one of transforming fear into action is like every day I pray for two things. And this is leading into our next discussion. The first thing I pray for is peace, right? Because peace isn't the absence of fear, right? It, it is being able to take whatever you're afraid of and, you know, this, the fight or flight that is built into us or, or the, the fear of, you know, putting your hand into a fire, right? Well, that's a really healthy fear to have, right? Right. Um, or, you know, fear of heights, right? there's, there's a use for that right yes. now. My yes. son who works on roofs, you know, he wouldn't want to have that fear. Right. And, but he's the opposite extreme where he's not afraid of anything. And maybe he should wear a, a restraint when he's up on a roof, but uh, that's a different story. But the third one, uh, the, the, well, actually the second thing I pray for every day, right. Is for God to give me clarity of where he wants me to go next. Right. So there's always um, the issue of good, better, and best. I, I'm going to ignore bad, right? Because we always have bad choices, but, you know, hopefully we've transcended that and gotten to the place where we're, we're trying to decide what to do right, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there's always a good choice, right? And, and sometimes we settle for good, right? A better choice. Well, I always want best. So what that means is I need peace to be patient sometimes to wait for God's best for my life, right? And, and getting clarity about what's the next step of not just the expediency of getting to you know, the end of the journey, but the right step to take. So what is involved in this principle of coming to clarity? So with clarity, you, you keep in mind that when we put a thought out, uh, sometimes it, it comes back right away, but sometimes it has to go through its process in the principles of the universe in order to come back. And we have to recognize that it doesn't always come in the way we think it's either going to or that it should come. So the importance of clarity is that before you even think something to put out there, you want to be as clear and as succinct as what it is you're asking for or what it is that you want to happen. And when there's, if there's any um, trepidation or fear or uncertainty in is this really, am I really clear on um, what I'm thinking and what I'm wanting? If, if you don't have that, not what I say, it 90, 95% or greater assurity of that clarity, then, <clears throat> then you're more likely to have struggles because when just think about it if, if you're certain so let's say you're driving somewhere and you know you want to get from point a to point b and you're certain that this path that you're taking to get from point a to point b is the quickest best path to take but yet there's some things that happen that um, want to take you on a different route and you're like no no this is the best route i want to take 
you take that best route and you're going to get there faster and safer versus trying to be pulled in a different direction. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So the more clear that we are, which before you make a decision, what I recommend is to ask, does it feel good between 90, 95? In the book, I might've said 85%, but I, I recommend try to take it to 90, 95% because then you're not going to question the choice you made, right? Um, now, if the outcome isn't what you truly wanted, then uh, it's okay because right. now you know that, okay, I was a little off the mark on that one. I was confident I had clarity, but maybe I didn't have all the information I needed. Well, so- or, the t- or the time horizon is wrong. So for example, uh, I have, uh, since you and I first met, I've lost about 40 pounds. I was going to say, you look great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I, I didn't do it for, uh, for looks, although that is definitely a side benefit. Uh, and, and especially like during this time of the pandemic, where we were looking at ourselves on Zoom all day, every day. Yes. Right. And, and so that, that is a really nice outcome. But the reason I did it was for my health, because uh, I all of a sudden at age 63 um, had uh, the onset of high blood pressure. And I've mm-hmm. had low, bre- low blood pressure my whole life. Right. So uh, here I was, you know, working so hard to do that. Well, last weekend we had company. And so I really went all out, you know, had a couple of great glasses of wine, had, you know, our guests from gluten and dairy free, and they had really gone out of their way, like to buy all of the gluten and dairy free kinds of desserts that are, are sold. Right. <laughs> so they brought all this amazing stuff. Now I don't normally eat dessert, but you know, at the moment, that was the right decision. Well, Monday morning, when I stepped on the scale, I had popped up to the next uh, tier, meaning I had gained really only a couple of pounds from the previous week, but I'm up 10 pounds over where I uh, was. And, and uh, so the short term gain of enjoying time with friends and, you know, eating whatever I wanted and drinking whatever I wanted, uh, didn't have the longer term horizon in sight, right, of what I'm going to do, not only on the scale, but in my heart health as well. So I think, and maybe this goes into the next principle, which is setting clear boundaries, right, which is when you're doing anything, and I'll I'll just stay on the the health uh, track here for a minute and and the weight loss track, Um, there there is a, a weird dynamic that happens over a long period of time. And I've been working on this journey since last June. So, uh, you know, it's, you can't eat a particular way uh, that is more extreme. So for instance, uh, doing something where you use a packaged food product and whether that's Nutrisystems or OptiFast or whatever, doesn't matter, but you can't do that forever, right? Right. So you, you do have to set clear boundaries for yourself in that. So that's, the relationship between you and food. Now, I realize that your book is more about relationship and setting clear boundaries with the people in your life that either give you energy or drain energy, yeah, right? right. Um, and, and that bad behavior and negative behavior, you need to set very, very clear boundaries uh, immediately, right? Or that bad behavior, 
you know, I mean, for those of us who are parents, we know if you don't nip bad behavior in the bud at two, at 16, you're going to see that on steroids, right? Yes. <laughs> Literally. Um, so, so give me your insights into this principle of setting clear boundaries, because I know that this is a really important part of this process. Well, it is. And, and it does uh, lead from the clarity because if you make a choice uh, from 85% or less, uh, then it leaves the, I'm going to say the word energy, but it, it, and, and when I say that, you know, we feel each other, we have personal boundaries, we have personal space, and that can be in personal life and in business. And so people we, we are energy beings, we feel, we have emotions, we have intuition. And so when you make a decision that's not, that's below the 85% inside you, you know, on some level, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that it may not be as solid as a 90 to 95 to 100% that yes, this is really the way I want to go, the decision I want to make. So Boundaries are really important in conjunction with the clarity and, and really being firm in your self-empowerment and your confidence because people will respect it. And what happens is we think if we're gonna if we're gonna set a boundary with someone, they're not gonna like us or they're gonna think that we're being a bully or you know, they're gonna think something opposite of what really happens people respect it because we have to tell people how to treat us. Otherwise, the bullies and the ones who are the energy vampires and the ones who manipulate will take advantage of that weak boundary, will take advantage of that weak, um, you know, the, when we're not in our clarity. And um, one of the things that's important with the coaching that I do it's helping people to carry themselves with that confidence, clarity, and boundaries. Because if we if we walk around with our head down and the shoulders forward and we mumble and you know we try to 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 connect with someone in a way to say, well, this is what I really mean, and, and we're not we're not being clear in what we really want or how we really want things to unfold we'll just get walked all over. Right. So the boundaries, it's not so much to keep people out. It's to help them understand what they can bring into your experience. And, right. and I often say, speak to the hand, speak <laughs> to the hand. And if you, if you want to go beyond the hand, this is what I will allow. And I have some, some uh, examples in the book of statements that you can use to um, share how you feel about being treated a certain way or having an experience with someone a certain way to set the boundary. And when you express how you feel and then tell them, I want to feel this way. I don't want to feel X, Y, Z. I want to feel A, B, C. And this is how you do it. So bring this to me. This is how you can have an experience with me so I can feel this way. And so from now on, this is how, what I want you to say, or this is how I want you to behave, or this is what will work. And I guarantee you 100%, when you do that over and over again, it becomes a new behavior from the other person because a part of them starts to hesitate when they start to bring the old behavior to you because they know you're going to stop it. 
and right. you're going to say, speak to the hand. Now, you can behave like this, and I'll let you in. So what happens is eventually, they either get frustrated and leave and walk away, or a part of them decides to let go of whatever was causing the bad behavior and become in alignment with you. And then you had that win-win experience. Got it. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And it just makes your life so much easier. Right? Well, it does. And, you know, principle number five, we, we've actually talked about kind of throughout this of the, the watch, wait, and then take action is, again, there was nothing wrong over the weekend of the choices that I made about the wine and about the, the desserts. And um, I think I'll have to throw bread in there too, because I, <laughs> I, I don't normally eat gluten, but I, I did have a really wonderful rosemary roll, right? Um, but I also knew that that meant that I had to, you know, do some uh, real work this week of upping my water and all, all the things I know that counteracts that kind of weight gain that I have, right? And, and sometimes we dive in to extreme behavior, right? And again, e eating is the easiest thing to think about of, you know, like you make a, a pie for someone and you, you know, sit down and eat the whole thing. Well, that that's really bad behavior. And you really should have watched and waited, right? And thought right. about, well, maybe I could have just a small sliver and a taste and savor it and eat it slowly, right? Um, so this whole issue of being, in, in a sense, patient with yourself, Right. Because some people don't get that clarity really quickly. Right. You right. talk about being 85, 90 percent sure of something. Uh, I'm trying to teach my kids who are in their early 20s and just kind of launching into life that uh, the way I troubleshoot and problem solve um, and get to that place where I'm clear on something is I look at, at worst possible case and can, can I live with that? Right. Mm -hmm. So if that's the outcome, can I live with that? Cause you get to choose exactly what you do, but you don't get to choose the outcome most exactly. of the time. Right. I mean, there are some things that you can, but that watching and waiting and then taking action is, is um, really getting uh, control of your impulses. Right. Yeah. And most of the things that get us into trouble our impulses. Impulse. Yes. Um, I had a situation yesterday where someone said something and, oh man, it triggered me. I was going to say you were triggered. <laughs> I was triggered big time. And I'm, I'm not a reactionary person in, in general, but I realize, and again, this probably gets back to my, my fears, right? right? There are certain things that do trigger me. And, and so uh, I had to just bite my tongue, mm -hmm. breathe, Think about how I could engender the positive thing that I wanted out of them instead of getting pulled into the fray, right? Which, which could have easily happened. And um, well, so you can, well, you could look at if you if you think back on it, was it a boundary issue? Was it a clarity issue? You know, which one of these other it, principles? It was all of the above. Oh wow! Okay. And 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 uh, again, you know, it, it's funny when you look at the people in your life. Some people we get thrown into relationship and work is a great example. And I, I've worked for myself for 25 years. So uh, I really don't have this problem most of the time who are in a company. Uh, they don't get to choose who their coworkers are. They don't get to choose who their boss is most of the time. They may have somebody they love to work for and they get promoted or fired. And now you've got somebody new and it 
it, it isn't the right kind of personality, right? Right. Um, you know, so I, I think we we have to uh, understand our triggers, right? Oh, and for absolutely. Me, yeah, for me, there's a certain kind of behavior that I know drives me nuts. And it's why I'm a great CEO and strategist and long-term thinker, and I'm not a good manager of people, right? And I don't necessarily, I mean, I can always improve that, but that's not what I want to become, right? Mm -hmm. I, I actually want to hone, you know, the other other side of, of, uh, of my brain. But this whole issue of, of being kind to yourself, really, and again, I know I'm, I'm probably putting words in your mouth because this isn't necessarily what you wanted principle five to be about, but I think you do need to watch what's going on around you, wait to see if there's any new information, right? I mean, that's how I behave. And then I'll, I'll take some level of action. Right. And uh, I, I want to, uh, we, we only have a few minutes left. So I, I do want to kind of push forward. But if you want to say something about that, you, you certainly can be welcome to. But I want to talk about uh, affirmations. You mentioned them at the beginning of this and your positive statements for success. Right. And, and we each have different ways to do that. Some, you know, it is verbal and it comes out of our mind. Uh, for me, uh, over on my little desk here, I've got my original jars of stones that I put when I had 50 pounds to lose. And then I would, mm. put, as I lost them, I put them <laughs> in the new jar. Right. And then the jar was empty and, and, and I actually wanted to do it again. And now those are still sitting over there. I'm not, haven't, haven't uh, dipped into the next group, but that was my positive affirmation. Right. I, I didn't need for myself, I didn't need to put, I want to be, a, you know, a certain number of pounds, right, on my mirror. And right. I am that, right? Uh, you know, I am woman, hear me roar, right? That that has never been my style. But I understand the power of, of the words that come out of our mouth and why making positive statements and affirmations uh, can be so empowering. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yes, well, I just want to say real quickly, the stone exercise is just as powerful as, as an, because it's an you're affirming to yourself if it was to be a, a verbal affirmation is I am at the weight I want to be or I have lost the pounds that I want to be I feel healthier you know so those are representative of those statements mm -hmm. um, what I realized when I went through my first healing process with the fibromyalgia was um, I the the strongest affirmations for the personal is the I am, uh, not I am not, because a not um, is not recognized in the outcome of whatever it is you're asking. So if you say, I am not healthy, then you're going to get confirmation and, and, uh, and, right. and a, a reciprocal experience that represents not healthy. So if you do anything, it's to eliminate the word not. And um, in anything in, in life. And so when you practice the I am, I can, uh, you know, it, it, it's possible. Um, uh, yes, you know, anything that, that allows you to feel good. And I'm going to show this real quickly. So the map of consciousness is really powerful. And if you, you can get this off of uh, the internet, and it was in a book. Enjoying the, the power of now, I believe it's um, what it was, what the book's called, but it has, it delineates words and levels. 
So neutral is um, affirmations and empowerment, courage, uh, feasible and permitting. Everything underneath that is a weakening energetic word. And then anything above it is uplifting and empowering. So I encourage people to study this map of consciousness and don't use the words that are underneath. Right. And only in, in a lot of my coaching and in everything I do, I encourage people to replace a low level energy, negative thought form, thought word with something that's opposite that feels good. And when you when you do that, then automatically someday you're only going to be using those more positive affirmations and positive words. Right. And it's just another tool. It's It's not like. You're going to say affirmations and all of a sudden life's going to be amazing and wonderful. No, you still have to do <laughs> all the other principles and as part of the process, you know, you've got to take action. You've got to take that next step. Well, I, this has been so powerful. Uh, we have been talking to Eileen Bild. She is the author of Embrace Five Principles of Core Thinking for Success and it is uh, available uh, on Kindle. And uh, Eileen, if people want to get in touch with you and and uh, follow you, connect with you, how do they do that? Okay, so uh, my email is coach at EileenBuild.com. I do have a YouTube, Eileen Build. I have a website, CoreThinkingBlueprint.com, uh, OhtelUniverse.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can always send request me on um Facebook, and you can connect with me on LinkedIn under Eileen Build. And, uh, and then there is an Ordinary to Extraordinary Life uh, YouTube as well. Nice, nice. So, uh, and again, Build is spelt B-I-L-D. Uh, and uh, Eileen, I so appreciate your time. And, you know, I know that those who regularly listen to this show will really appreciate the simplicity uh, of this, this book. It's, it's an easy read, right? It's, it's not a long book, but it's a very, very power packed book of practical uh, tips. Excuse me. So I so appreciate you spending time with us today. You And I hope you have a marvelous weekend. We're having just incredible. This is my favorite time of year in Florida. uh, Yes. Uh, and I say the humidity is down. Well, those of you who aren't from Florida can't appreciate that 80% humidity feels like no humidity here. I know, right? <laughs> but we're, we're at the place where we're uh, almost ready to turn off the air conditioning and have, have the windows open. And I, I uh, always love that, that time of year. I'm with you on that because I'm in Jacksonville, so I'm not too far from you. Exactly. Well, Eileen, it has been terrific and great to reconnect, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be on the show, and uh, we will connect again in, in the near future. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. Oh,